Part One, Chapter Thirteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Thirteen. For two days Rostov had not seen Dolokhov at his house or found him at home. On the third day he received a note from him. As I intend never to visit your house again, from reasons which you may appreciate, and as I am about to rejoin my regiment, I am going to give to my friends a farewell supper this evening. Come to the Hôtel d'Angleterre. At ten o'clock that evening, after the theatre, where he had been with Denisov and his family, Rostov repaired to the place which Dolokhov had designated. He was immediately shown into the handsomest room of the hotel, which Dolokhov had hired for the occasion. A score of men were gathered around the table, at the head of which sat Dolokhov between two candles. There was a pile of gold and bills on the table, and Dolokhov was keeping the bank. Since Dolokhov's proposal and Sonya's refusal, Nikolai had not seen him, and he felt a slight sense of confusion at the thought of their meeting. Dolokhov's keen, cold eyes met Nikolai's the moment he entered the room, as though he had been waiting for him for some time. "'We have not met for several days,' said Dolokhov. "'Thank you for coming. Here, I will only finish this hand.' Alushka and his chorus are coming. "'I have called at your house,' said Rostov, reddening. Dolokhov made no answer. "'You may bet, if you will.' Rostov recalled a strange conversation which he had once had with Dolokhov. "'Only fools play on chance,' had been Dolokhov's remark at the time. "'But perhaps you are afraid to play with me,' said Dolokhov now, as though he read Rostov's thought, and he smiled." In spite of that smile, Rostov could plainly see that he was in the same frame of mind that he had been at the time of the dinner, at the club, or, one might say, at any of those times when, as it were, Dolokhov felt himself under the necessity of breaking the monotony of his quiet life by some outre and usually outrageous action. Rostov felt ill at ease. He racked his brain, but was unable to find an appropriate repartee for Dolokhov's words, but before he had a chance to reply, Dolokhov, looking straight into Rostov's face, and slowly, with deliberate intervals between the words, and loud enough for all to hear, "'Do you remember you and I were talking once about gambling? It's a fool, a durak, who is willing to play games of chance. One ought to play a sure hand. I said so, but I'm going to try it anyway.' Take the chance, or the sure thing, I wonder which, thought Rostov. Well, you'd better not play, he added, and springing the freshly opened pack of cards, he added, Bank, gentlemen. Pushing the money forward, Dolokhov prepared to start the bank, and Rostov took a seat near him, and at first did not play. Dolokhov glanced at him. What? Won't you take a hand? And strangely enough, Nikolai felt it incumbent upon him to take a card, and stake an insignificant sum. It was thus that he began to play. "'I have no money with me,' he said. "'I will trust you.' Rostov named five roubles as his stake, and lost. He staked again, and again he lost. Dolokhov trumped. In other words, took Rostov's stake ten times running. "'Gentlemen,' said he, after he had been keeping the bank some time, I beg of you to lay your stakes on the cards, otherwise I may become confused in the accounts. One of the players ventured the hope that he was to be trusted. Trusted, certainly, but I am afraid of getting the accounts mixed. I beg of you to lay your money on the cards, replied Dolokhov. 
don't you worry yourself you and i will settle our accounts afterwards he added turning to rostof the game went on the servant kept filling their glasses with champagne all rostof's cards failed to be matched and his losses amounted to eight hundred roubles he was just writing down on the back of a card eight hundred roubles but as it happened that at that moment a glass of champagne was handed him he hesitated and once more staked the sum that he had been risking all along that is twenty roubles make it that said dolokhof though he was apparently not looking at rostof you'll win it back all the quicker the others win but you keep losing or are you afraid of me he insisted rostof acquiesced staked the eight hundred which he had written down on a seven of hearts with a bent corner which he had picked up from the floor he remembered it well enough afterwards he laid down this seven of hearts after writing on the piece torn off the figures eight hundred in large distinct characters he drank the glass of foaming champagne handed him by the waiter smiled at dolokhof's words and with anxious heart while hoping that a seven would turn up watched the pack of cards in dolokhof's hands the gain or loss dependent upon this seven of hearts would have very serious consequences for rostof on the preceding sunday count ilya andreitch had given to his son two thousand roubles and although he generally disliked to speak of his pecuniary difficulties he told him that he could not have any more till may and therefore begged him for this once to be rather economical nikolai had told him that that would be amply sufficient and gave him his word of honour not to ask for any more money till spring and now out of that sum only twelve hundred roubles were left of course that seven of hearts if he lost on it would signify not only the loss of sixteen hundred roubles but also the necessity of breaking his word to his father with heart sinking therefore he watched dolokhof's hands and said to himself now let him hurry up and give me this card and i will put on my cap and go home to supper with denisov natasha and sonya and truly i will never as long as i live take a card into my hands again at that instant his home life his romps with petya his talks with Sonya, his duets with Natasha, his game of piquet with his father, and even his peaceful bed, in his home on the Parvaskaya, came over him with such force and vividness and attraction that it seemed to him like an inestimable bliss that had passed and been destroyed for ever. He could not bring himself to believe that blind chance, by throwing the seven of hearts to the right rather than to the left, might deprive him of all this just comprehended and just appreciated happiness and plunge him into the abyss of a wretchedness never before experienced and of which he had no adequate idea it could not be so and yet with a fever of expectation he watched every motion of dolokhof's hands those coarse reddish hands with wide knuckles and hairy wrists showing from under his shirt-bands laid down the pack of cards and took up the champagne glass that had been handed him and put his pipe in his mouth and so you are not afraid to play with me repeated dolokhof and as though for the purpose of telling some humorous story he laid down the cards leaned back in his chair and with a smile deliberately began to speak yes gentlemen i have been told that there is a report current in moscow that i am a sharper and so i advise you to be on your guard against me come now deal ahead said rostof ach these moscow grannies exclaimed dolokhof and with a smile he took up the cards ach almost screamed rostof clasping his head with both hands the seven which he needed already lay on top the very first card in the pack he had lost more than he could pay 
i wouldn't ruin myself said dolokhof giving rostof a passing glance and proceeding to shuffle the cards End of chapter thirteen